Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you, helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others, helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well being and empowerment, helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully and helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cozy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is your host Meg and super happy that you've come back to join me for another episode because I always um, really like to think that I'm sitting across from you having a cup of tea and having one of those deep connected conversations a really real conversation um those are the times when i feel most connected to myself to others and the earth and so my intention when i record these is really to foster that environment of intimacy and trust and exploration and curiosity And today is no different um, in that even though it's a solo episode, I'm still going to be exploring and sharing the things and the wisdom that I've been finding in these times. And hopefully some of it resonates with you. And if it does, I would love if, as always, you could share the show and um, rate it on iTunes just post it in your Instagram stories and tag me because it really really helps me to grow the show and to to really get some of these concepts out there to a wider audience Um, really challenging the traditional wellness paradigm and putting the we in wellness is something that I'm super passionate about and it's not always popular Um, but what I find is that people are called to do this work are really whole body yeses and um, I'm okay with people having a whole body no to this kind of work it's rebellious and it's radical and it requires us to be willing to question and challenge a lot of the assumptions that we've been taught not only about wellness but about life and about what it means to be a mother and a parent and a woman in these times and so um, it's really important that we keep finding each other and finding others who are willing to challenge the conditioning and the programming that we've been taught in order to find more aliveness and to breathe life not only back into our own bodies and our communities, but into the planet as well. So that all being said, um, I just wanted to share that this week I've put my Parenting with Purpose audio program on sale. So usually it's $250 Australian dollars. I've taken it down to $99, which is an eight-week audio program. It includes uh, conversations with absolute legends, Brooke McCallery from the Slow Home podcast, Christina Rochelle from the Little Spriggs podcast, uh, Marion Rose from the Aware Parenting podcast, and Amy Taylor-Kabaz from the Happy Mama podcast, as well as... um, a couple of other interviews with Nicole Perry and Segunda Chapman. And it also includes my own perspectives of having 
really gone on an inner journey to reclaim the purpose in parenting and to stop feeling like I, I was failing as a person because I was choosing to spend time with my kids and to really um, find value in what I was doing as a, as a mum in a society that doesn't value it. And something that I hear so often is this idea that uh, motherhood is just an inconvenience and it's something that stands in the way of us living our dreams rather than something that amplifies our capacity to hold and nourish our dreams. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that concept in this podcast. But if you desire to find more purpose in your parenting to you're a socially inspired parent who wants to really understand on an embodied level that what you're doing is enough what you're doing is meaningful and that you deserve resourcing to do it then this eight-week audio program is for you and it's on sale now so you can go to megberryman.com to enroll and find out all the details it's um, self-paced just getting emails with journal prompts and the weekly um, audio content so there's no group or anything but you can upgrade to a vip option which includes one-on-one support from me so that is your invitation for this week oh i'm just taking a little stretch my body has been feeling really um a bit stagnant as the weather's gotten a bit colder and i've been really feeling the need to move more and to um to be in my body more um i felt like i've had a lot of liver stagnation a lot of frustration um that is moving wanting to move up and out uh, which is often present for me at this time of year as we move into the cooler months and all of that summer energy um starts to slow down and kind of all the pushing and the um striving of the summer months now needs to be released and that's what i'm finding myself feeling and i'm wondering how you're feeling and how you're feeling in your body and just inviting you to take a stretch or take a pause take a huge breath just come back to your body maybe stretch out your hamstrings Maybe stretch out your arms so that your chest is open. Maybe roll your neck or your shoulders. Just inviting a little movement there. So today's episode, I wanted to share um, what I've been learning about from a human design perspective, but how I've been applying that to my life. So human design is a, I guess it's a perspective methodology, um, which basically categorizes us into a design type in that we each have a unique design as a human based on astrology but also based on it's kind of a a mix of lots of different wisdom traditions um and it's a way of understanding how we've been built and how we can best work with our design in order to lead a fulfilling life and particularly for me it has relevance around this question of how do I best spend my time and energy so if you're a total beginner with human design I encourage you to um, do your free reading online so you can get your chart your human design chart and you can do that through body graph or Jovian archive 
And when you get that chart, you'll see that um, it will tell you the type that you are. And I'm going to talk a little bit about type and strategy today as it relates to me and my type. Um, But as I'm learning more about it and I'm working with um, clients and understanding their design, I'm really seeing... Um, how my whole life I'm seeing a framework through through which my life makes a little more sense now like any modality or any framework my encouragement is to really use this as not um, as not the rules through which you should live your life like I as anyone that knows me or works with me understands that I'm about breaking the rules not making more and so It is one more perspective that we can add into our toolkit to better understand ourselves, to better understand others, and to work toward a life that feels alive and fulfilling, and for me, a life that is regenerative, as in my life is life-giving. And it's not the be and an end-all, it's just another perspective. And I think in spiritual and wellness communities, whenever we get too attached to one way of thinking or being, the invitation is always going to be to find more equilibrium and find, um, find I get, like you will be challenged with the opposite of what you've come to know to be true. And so, yeah, take, take what resonates from this and leave what doesn't. And, um, and as always, honor your own inner wisdom. And if it aligns, that's great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's fine too. So my design and my type, my aura type, is a manifesting generator. And what that means really is that um, it's basically different humans are here to do different things. And human design is quite a complex um, modality, as in there's lots of different parts, and I'm only going to explore a few of them today, but it's really um, recommended to get your own chart read and to get some support to really understand the nuances of it because it's not just about your type. It's about your strategy and your authority. It's about which gates are open and which aren't. And um, there's a lot of different perspectives to bring into the reading of the chart. So for me, my aura type is a manifesting generator. And my role here on Earth is to really um, achieve mastery of things, but to find shortcuts to mastery. And if I think back to myself as a child... I was always in such a rush to do things. I was always trying to work out a shortcut. I was always trying to find ways of doing things in the shortest amount of time. And for a lot of people around me, particularly those that weren't manifesting generators, it was tremendously triggering. And so I think I was conditioned with a lot of like slow down, with a lot of um, you're being careless, you have no attention to detail, uh, with a lot of, um, or on the converse, like overly praising my abilities to manifest and do things quickly and to be productive. And although manifesting generators can do things really quickly, 
fundamentally we are a type of generator and the generators are really the worker bees of the world and it's not about being slaves because actually generators and manifesting generators are really here to um, do what to follow their bliss and to put their energy and resourcing behind those things that feel really good for them Um, but that generators are really here to wait until we have something to respond to and then to use what what's called the sacral energy to um to to put a motor behind moving toward that thing or responding to that thing and so manifesting generators although we can take shortcuts and we can be extremely efficient and things literally never move fast enough for us um we are fundamentally still built to respond and still built to wait for response um my daughter my second daughter is a manifesting generator my first is a generator and just uh, observing the difference between them my second gets extremely frustrated very quickly when she can't achieve what she wants to when she can't find the shortcut she doesn't want to be told how to do it she certainly doesn't want to slow down to listen she just wants to figure out how to do it in the shortest possible way and when she can't or when someone tries to move between her and that task she will get enormously frustrated and for a manifesting generator frustration resentment is a big sign of not self of all the ways that we've been conditioned Um, and fundamentally I think our biggest lesson here is to learn that we're not manifestors we can't just manifest things out of thin air and we certainly can't do it sustainably so we're definitely prone to burnout um, and to really learn how to wait for the sacral yes wait for the whole body yes and to then put our resources behind it. So it really makes sense in the context of my purpose work too that my purpose is to undo the conditioning that has me believe, the conditioning of the capitalist and patriarchal systems which have me believe that I'm not worthy unless I'm doing. And my burnout journey makes total sense now in that I've always been an initiator, which is a manifester and not a generator. I've always initiated things through my own willpower and to a certain extent I've always been validated and rewarded but I'm not actually built to initiate I'm not built to do things without responding and a really beautiful way of thinking about this is to think about I read this online about the warrior or the buddha and the manifesting generator being both being the combination of those two energies so manifesting generators when we do put our energy behind the right thing it is phenomenal what is what is possible um and it is really incredible to watch a manifesting generator respond to the right thing and then put their warrior energy behind it but if the warrior leads then there's just going to be carnage on all fronts whereas if the buddha part leads and we're willing to wait and we're willing to listen to our body's signals then we can we can achieve things with certain ease and grace that is just not available to other design types and we can do so with effortless kind of ease 
Um, and a good example of this is, I think, for me, if, if I get up in the morning and the first thing I respond to is a should or a have to, as in, say, I walk past the kitchen and it's really dirty and I tell myself I should do that, manifesting generators really react poorly to should and have to. And that's because those words are like initiator words. They're not respond. They're not responsive words. They're not pass. They're not like waiting for the thing. So if I force myself to clean the kitchen by mid morning, and the kids are like all around, and they're trying to like get my attention, and but I'm really committed to like doing this thing I should do or have to do. Then by mid morning, I'm frustrated. And any task that I try and do that has not come from like a sacral yes, from a from this deep um, place of mm-hmm, rather than a uh-uh, which is the guttural sounds that a that a generator and a manifesting generator make from their sacral from their sacral center, then my frustration and resentment levels will be really high. And so in business, this means that I'm really working on. Um, not doing anything that I don't want to do, which sounds like as, as women, that programming says that that's selfish. Whereas for me, what I know to be true is when I'm doing things in my own time, when I'm responding to things that are whole body yeses, I am of service to everyone, but most of all to myself in a much more profound way. And I think that the way that we condition generators and manifesting generators um, is really that we override their sacral responses. We teach them to override those inner yeses or nos and instead teach them to build their world around what they should and have to do. A thing to really understand about this aura type is that it's a very open aura. It's inclusive. So we can respond to anything. We can respond to like I'm looking out the window and I'm and I'm watching a dewdrop hang off a leaf and about to fall down. I could write a whole post about that. I could respond to that. I can respond to other people. I can respond to things on social media. I can, it's, a, it's an open aura type, which sometimes can feel overwhelming if we don't really learn to honour those yeses and nos. We start to feel overwhelmed, like we have to respond to everything. And particularly in our culture, we start to feel responsible for responding to everything instead of really following what is right for us in that moment. And that includes even catching up with friends. And so anyone that's in close relationship with me will know that I am, um, I can be really flaky and it's nothing to do with my friends and everything to do with, I don't really know if something is true unless I'm, I'm either hard up against the deadline of it or I've moved towards it and then have felt the yes. And so I then need to change my mind. And that happens for me in business as well. And really learning to honor that creative cycle in me instead of shaming it has been so supportive in me just letting go of all the shit that I don't want to be doing. And yes, that means that I will not clean the house until my body is a yes. But when I do it, it is so effortless and I can do it so quickly and I can do it with so little resentment 
that like that is of interest to me as someone that is interested in regenerative wellness, that is interested in, um, in allowing my life to be the embodiment of the world that I want to see. I am interested in letting go of others' expectations and letting go of my own conditioned expectations and instead really allowing myself to move where my body wants to go rather than what my mind tells me I should be doing. So that brings me to the next part of the human design. Um, if, you're, if you've got your graph, your body graph, is that's the aura type. Um, and each one, each one of you will have a different aura type. There's projectors and reflectors and generators and manifesting generators and manifestors. So there's five types. And each of you will have a different authority, uh, sorry, a different type. And then you will have a different authority. So um, manifesting generators and generators will have an authority that's either... Um, uh, Either their solar plexus, they have emotional authority, or they have sacral authority. And so for me, I'm a manifesting generator that has solar plexus authority, emotional authority, which means that not only do I need to wait for the sacral yes, I need to be able to wait to respond until I've felt the emotions, both sides of the emotions, before I move towards something. And so for someone that has my whole life been initiating, learning how to slow down and wait for my emotions to find some equanimity in the middle, find some equilibrium before I make a decision and then inform someone that I'm going to make that decision is like my life's work, right? It is really my life's work. And it's really important to say that because generators and manifesting generators will have a very strong response to when they get told to slow down. So it's really about honoring our capacities and our capacities to just keep going and going and going, which like someone like a projector doesn't have, they have different superpowers. Um, whilst also recognizing that when we can work with our authority and our strategy, so the manifesting generator strategy being to respond and to, um, to wait to respond and then to inform, then we can live life with less frustration. But we won't get rid of it entirely because frustration is actually a really normal part of the learning curve for generators and manifesting generators. So, yeah, my authority lies in my solar plexus and that can be really confusing for people that I'm in relationship with too because it looks like I'm changing my mind. And if I react or respond from that emotional place without having allowed my feelings to be felt on both sides, then I can really get myself into trouble and I find myself back in that initiating place or spending my energy and resources on something that is not a whole body yes and um, that can be really frustrating and uh, and it can also lead to burnout. So that's really what I wanted to say about human design and where I'm at with it. But what I've been exploring and how it ties in with my work more broadly is could it actually be possible that in the stopping initiating and waiting to respond all the opportunities that I could ever want could be brought to me 
And for me, I can visualize a lot of things that I desire. And for manifesting generators, our superpower is really in visualizing them and then waiting for them to appear in our 3D reality to respond to them. And I'm wondering whether, like, what would be possible if I lived my life in accordance with my design, if I took this grand experiment and said, I'm not going to do anything from a place of initiating and I'm not going to do anything that doesn't honor my body's yeses and nos. And what would be possible for me if I did that? And what I've realized is that so much of um, living sustainably and abundantly um, and not in a capitalist sense of materially abundant, although that may be a desire and that's fine. I have no judgment against that is, um, is really questioning and making good use of the time resources, energetic resources and other resources that we have available to us. But I look out in nature and I notice that there is no conversation or expectation about how things, other beings, plants, animals, uh, microbes use their energy. Like how they use their energy is so aligned with their design that there's no conversation about it. There's no external expectation. There's no conditioning of the conscious mind because there is no conscious mind. Um, There's just this like, very innate intuitive way of utilizing energy and what I realized is that in my pursuit of doing all the things and responding to all the things even when they were no's the frustration that I was creating was actually repelling abundance and sustainability not including it was actually life draining not life giving and so I've started entering this grand experiment kind of brought on by the times around the pandemic um, to see if I could trust being like this. And of course, I've been on this path for many, many years, trying to slow down, trying to weave spirit, trying to find an approach to wellness that is so much less about piling on expectations and shoulds and have tos and more about deconditioning all the part or deconditioning the misunderstanding that we're not well-being or unprogramming the things that get in the way of us just being a well-being which is our birthright and so this radical experiment I've started over the last couple of weeks and it's been very frustrating I've hit so many times all my fears about slowing down which I'd already done a tremendous amount of work on but which have now reared their heads in other ways. And, but, but I have to say that I've never felt more liberated. And a couple of conversations I've been having with clients and friends have been around the liberation that's come through this pandemic. And again, I say this from a place of privilege of having um, at least today adequate resources to feed my family and a roof over our heads but I think it's worth noting that I'm not the only one having these conversations around the relief that has come from not being out in the world and absorbing all the expectations the relief that comes from 
living and being just alive in my life as opposed to um, trying to find aliveness in doing or trying to get somewhere. The aliveness that can come from just being in relationship with life now as opposed to always looking toward tomorrow and trying to strive to get there. And it's profound that when we take ourselves out of the collective sphere and all the influences that are out there, including the relationships that we have, then we find ourselves with a certain level, we can find ourselves with a certain level of breathing a sigh of relief. And I think as I continue to unpack and download this framework and write about this framework of regenerative wellness that I'm teaching it really lies in the fact that wellness will never be able to be achieved through the doing of things. That actually wellness is a state that is embodied always and our role is to decondition and deprogram the things in the way of that. The principle one being expectations and a desire to be other than we are or to be more than we are or to be better than we are um and that's what I've been toying with so in business I'm now at this point of being like do I need to follow the rules that I've been taught or could I give myself the liberation of just doing it exactly like I did and trust that the resources would be made available to me and trust that people that choose this work are a whole body yes and that there is just an immediate co-creation that happens when we come together. In life, it's meant could I just trust my instincts that today I want to move here, that today I want to move into the garden, that today I want to be with my children, that today I want to be and just trust, which is what I teach all the time, that that is enough and that that is social change. Because what I'm thinking is that if I can continue to design my life in a way that is regenerative on the inside, leadership and overflow are the natural evolutions of that are the natural byproducts of that and that it's just simply not about doing more or doing better or being anything other than we are but rather it's learning to honor the yeses and nos without much fanfare and that's what the other thing I'm finding right now is so relaxing is that my life is just completely unfettered by like big deals about anything (laughs) It's so liberating and I'm just waiting to respond. And when I find the thing to respond to that is a whole body yes and I feel my emotions and then I respond to it, then magic happens and opportunities do flow. And I'm still very early in in this experiment and so I'm sure all the resistance will continue to rise up and all the ways that we shame ourselves and the ways that we make ourselves wrong for... um, for just living for today but I'm curious and I'm wondering whether any of this resonates with you as well the other thing is that when the expectations are removed there's an enormous amount of creative energy freed up to just be and to follow those responses and um, to not have to myself and it doesn't mean that I don't have responsibilities and I don't have um 
money to make and I don't have bills to pay or any of that stuff. But it's to say I get to choose how I spend my time and energy and that that is a, that is a revolution in itself in that, yes, I still need to earn money. Yes, I still need to clean the house. Yes, I still need to look after my kids. But I get to choose how I do that. And if I'm choosing how to do that in a way that doesn't feel supportive for my design, then I'm really the only one to blame for that, truly. And yes, there's conditioning, but I have a day-to-day choice with how I'm spending my time and energy at the moment. And we all have that choice at the moment. And so, like to a certain degree, we have more autonomy at the moment. And so my wondering is what we can do with that autonomy in order to liberate ourselves from the expectations and ideals that have been thrust upon us um and this week I teach I teached I'm clearly speaking well I taught a class on regenerative wellness and I was really using the permaculture principles to break down what regenerative wellness means to me and um As part of that conversation, I was talking about how in permaculture we talk so much about the breaking down of the compartments of the bringing together the inclusion rather than the segregation. And this for my regenerative wellness is so profound because for me when I stopped trying to compartmentalise my life as business owner, mother, friend, mentor... Whatever, all the parts that I was trying to keep alive and trying to segregate myself into all those parts and bring all of myself into each of them, which is an impossibility mathematically, right? When I did that and I just allowed the messiness of all of me to be in all of the places, not only can I amplify what I'm bringing to each space because I'm bringing a whole rather than a part, but there's creativity and diversity that can be fostered within that. So in a garden system, the more diversity you have, the more we can be absolutely mystified about what is created and what is co-created within that ecosystem. And we are the same when we have the courage to break down the constructs and the expectations and the segregation and we instead allow ourselves to exist and be alive in this messy middle, in this part of us that is not segregated and not compartmentalized, then we can draw resources and move them to other parts of our lives effortlessly. We can become energetic mistresses and weavers as we can like move between states and resource ourselves from one part of our lives and effortlessly bring it over to resource another part where maybe we're not feeling where it's in in the winter or something like that and that's what I'm really fascinated by here in really allowing myself to live my design in business and life and as a mother the mother thing I'm still trying to work out because my job is to see my children as the design they are and to really offer them opportunities to live in their design Um, but also to respect my own and that part I'm still trying to work out Um, because motherhood is certainly and that's why I have put my parenting with purpose program on sale is certainly a place where the conditioning is very strong and where we have a whole lot of idealized expectations about how we should be showing up 
and um, finding this middle path of messily meeting everyone's needs in this reciprocal flowing ecosystem I'm interested in that I'm really interested in that so I think that's all I really have to say um, about where I'm at right now and I'm wondering if any of this resonates for you and if it does send me an email or find me on Instagram and just let me know what did um, because I'm built to respond and it's always so useful for me to hear um, what you're navigating at the moment and what's the wisdom that you've been finding through these times um, because I think we're here to co-create this new paradigm together um, and that includes a new wellness paradigm which is not built on trying to fix anything wrong with us but is rather built on moving towards a life that feels alive and whatever that looks like for anyone and really honoring that choice. The last thing I'm going to say is something that I've been noticing has been coming up for me recently. And that is that I think part of the new paradigm that I want to bring in is this idea that it doesn't really matter what we're building externally, like above the ground. It really doesn't matter what a tree looks like above the ground you could find two identical fruit trees that look pretty similar. One that has been built on an unsustainable base of fertilizer and chemicals to produce fruit in the shortest amount of time and another that has been grown organically. And unless you dig into the soil and see the difference in the root system, on face value they look the same. And I think that what I've been seeing a lot is coaches and teachers really attaching to the outcomes of their students on the external front like the businesses that they've built and the money that they've made and the like things that they've done and for me the most radical transformations that I feel called to celebrate are those that happen underground those that happen on the internal level those that happen relationally between us Um, in permaculture it's the interactions that happen on the edges where the the meeting points of things are. Like that is far more celebratory for me than anything that's built above the ground, um, anything that that looks like a certain way. And so I know to be true the fact that there is no hierarchy. It doesn't matter how we're expressing our vision if it's in an internal way and we're giving ourselves the gifts of self-compassion and slowing down and being sustainable, fabulous. If that creates fruits on the outside that feel aligned and great, amazing. But really we need to honor the root system and the soil as much as we honor the tree and the fruit. And that's, and that's really what I wanted to leave this conversation with is I absolutely know that right now you are doing the absolute best you can and I deeply trust that it is enough, that it is worthy of love and celebration and more than that, that it is causing an effect Um, on a spiritual and quantum level. it It is absolutely causing an effect. You are a change maker. You are a leader. It's just that you've been conditioned to believe that you're not. So 
that all being said, I really hope you and your loved ones are safe. Um, I hope you have a beautiful day. Uh, this Sunday, which is in three days' time, um, on the, what would that be, the second? Let me just check my phone. I think it's the second. Um, no, the third. I'm hosting a free watch party in my Facebook group, the School for Sacred Social Leaders, and we're going to be watching a documentary together. Well, we're all going to be watching at the same time and chatting in the group. Um, and the documentary is called Living the Change, and we're going to have vinos and popcorn and have our blankies and our hot water bottles and if you want to join make sure you head on over to facebook to the free facebook group school for sacred social leaders i'd love to hang out with you there it's just such a nourishing space of like-minded people and we're changing the paradigm together so come and join us otherwise have a beautiful week i will talk to you soon